You're listening to The Deadly Dose, hosted by Harini Bott and Megan Gesner. Okay, let's do this. Okay. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, Poison Pals. Welcome back. Um, So I haven't shared this with you, Harini, but Drew sent me a TikTok. I don't know if he sent you this TikTok too, but um, basically it's just like a still image with like a text on it. Okay. um, And the text says something... It's either it's either a, a screenshot of a tweet or it's just like straight text on okay. the video. But it says something like, um, somebody dies a horrible death and like, you know, it's a violent, gruesome death. Mm-hmm. And then it goes, true crime podcasters. Hey, hey, murder muffins. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm going to talk to you about the spooky, crazy murder story about this person. <laughs> murder like, muffins i yeah, love it and, i love it so drew sent that to me murder and i was laughing because and then i immediately replied back to him i was like hey poison pals <laughs> yes. yes yeah um so I'll, i'm like let's put that on our instagram yes you know, there's that a little self, self-awareness you know yeah, what I mean? <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. i've definitely i was gonna say like i'm trying to think like i think it's been a while since we've done like a true true crime episode yeah but I, we have definitely had our share of that. Right, right. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we've been doing a pretty good job of kind of honing an in a little more on the science yeah. or the yeah, at least yeah, the science or toxicology. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we just the true crime aspect comes into play because we need to set up how we introduce the poison. <laughs> right, totally. And unfortunately, like we're going to use the stories that are the most dramatic <laughs> surrounding exactly. the poison. Because they're those stories usually are. If you're using poison, um, it's dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> Things have gotten over the edge. Right, right. And yeah. sometimes there are like legitimate hi- like, historical moments where that poison is the like the main character and yeah. that's the best story to use. Anyways, anyways. So, yeah. Poison pals. <laughs> poison okay. pals are sweet sweet muffin poison pals. No, our sweet biscuit, our sweet biscuit yes, poison biscuit. pals. There we go. I I hope one day that there is a a story where someone poisons a biscuit and then yeah. we can cover it. It's going to be us. <laughs> we're the ones who set it up <laughs> yes it's like it's like at some point we've run out of stories so we create our own no 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 we exactly. would never we would never no no <laughs> that's whack but um okay okay anyways i just want to share that with you because yeah it's funny I love anyway that. so today is harini's day we are in our third episode of the spooktober series <laughs> um fast approaching halloweeny I, I hope everyone's got their costumes at least coming in the mail. Yes. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, if you're like, I don't really have an idea for a costume mm-hmm. or I don't want to put too much effort into it, remember, go as a classic. You can easily do a vampire, cat, yes, mummy. A, you know, the trend, uh, people love putting sheets over them now and cutting out eye holes. Honestly. And you're just like a hipster, hipster ghost. Classic. Do it. Love it. Anyways. Love it. Megan, do you know what you're going to be? 
Yes. Um, it's my reading Rambo okay. idea. I thought yeah, you yeah. were going to. Okay. Also yeah, short. yeah. I've got the cargo shorts. Uh, not shorts. <laughs> Imagine Rambo wearing cargo shorts. I got my like military pants. Yeah. And I'm just going to rewear boots that I already have. Yeah, I was thinking yeah. about really splurging and getting like the tie up and everything. But I'm like, right. you know what? Nah. No. The point is the pun. Yes. Not the fit. Right. So, yeah. Love it. Love it. Yeah. I, I, what about you? Do you know what you're going as? I think I do know. Actually, in this moment, I had a spark of in, of brilliance. <laughs> I, nice. I was uh, telling Dave that – because I always like to do – not always. This is only the second second year we're doing this. But mm-hmm. I want to do something from the podcast that we've done. <clears throat> oh, okay. So, that what, so that's what I did last year. I did Radium Girls, Radium Jaw. So this mm-hmm. year, I do want to do vampires. But I want to do a twist on it. I want to make it realistic to yes. history but yeah i also just realized this moment i was like i would i think it'd be hilarious if i had either two things i was thinking i have to make the witch's skin hat that laszlo wears <laughs> yes. although maybe something like yeah. that happens but right. i was like either i'm a vampire and dave is also a vampire or dave is my familiar yes i love that i, I love think that'd that. be hilarious uh, okay one, definitely do that yeah okay, so that's what i'm i'm planning to do um and I was going to say, this is going to tie into the story today. I okay. had a very lovely girls' night with my best friend's girlfriend, which is Adam, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Adam's girlfriend, Sabrina. She invited me over, and we watched mm-hmm. Hocus Pocus Dose. Uh, nice. I don't know if you've seen it, Megan, but- I haven't. <clears throat> Did you like it? I haven't looked up anything about the movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It It is ultimately entertaining. I okay. wouldn't say it's as good as the first one. But, uh, like, you can tell that they're much, much older, you know? Well, because they are. <laughs> they are. They're much older. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think – I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how to explain it, but it's just – it kind of took me out because they're mm. just uh, – I think they're still trying to do it exactly like the first one. But I'm like, the first one is was perfect. It was perfect. Right, right. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like, <clears throat> the whole point of the first one is the witches are trying to be ageless, like, Im- Im- immortal Exactly. I think that's beings. why it took me out, because I'm like, it, yeah. they're clearly not ageless. Immortal? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, this is they've the whole point. They've clearly been aging. Yeah. Yeah. They've been um, aged up by some years. But right, um, right. I enjoyed it because it was made in 1993. So it was the 28-year yeah. anniversary. It's for me. <laughs> I was born with you. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. But it was good. So anyways, that is all to say that I am pulling a page out of Megan's book and we're going to do a fun story, a fun one. This took me way too long to write uh, because there's just so many ways you could go with it. But like like I said, literally taking a page out of Megan's book, I'm going to play some music to get us started okay. and then we can let – me, let me turn this okay. up first of all. All right. So you can hear it. Ready? you hear it? Oh, yes, I hear it. I hear it. I should have played the dubstep version. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard the dubstep you version. Haven't? It's really good. <laughs> okay. So, Dude, what timing? Yes. Hagrid what just time? passed away. Sorry, I'm dropping that, yes. that bomb right now. Yes. Yeah. Just saw all the Instagram stories. I wish I could say that I did it because of that, but it was just good, not good timing. Yeah. That's not what I meant. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was I understand. Coincidental. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But yes, this can be a tribute to our lovely Hagrid. Robbie Coltrane is the mm-hmm. actor's name. <sighs> very sad. Very sad. I think he yeah. even said, I don't know if you watched the HBO reunion series, Mm-mm. not series, but the, sh- the, the show that they did. 
Yeah. Or special. Uh, he basically says, the actor says, he's like, you know, um, Hag- I may not be here. The show will, the movie will continue to go on. And in mm-hmm. 50 years time, Hagrid will always be there, but I will not. Uh, so Hagrid will live on in the memories of everyone's hearts. So it was just yeah. a very heartfelt thing that he said. Like it was, yeah. it was very like, oh, this is real. Yeah, I'm getting older. It's like I'm not going to be around, but Hagrid will. It's like, oh, so sweet. And then this happened. Yes, and he wasn't that Um, old either. I don't know anything about him. He was like 72. Yeah, I don't think that's that's that old. Too old. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever get into like the? Dumbledore with um Jude Mm. Law and Eddie Redmayne, uh, Fantastic Beast. Did you ever get into that that uh spinoff? Yeah, I I definitely watched. I think the first one, and then after that, I was like, this is not it. This is not not it. It's just not the same. It's just not the same. But I did like when I was in school. By Mm -hmm. by school, I mean like in elementary school. I did get the Fantastic Beasts book. Books, that you get yeah. like the scholastic fair i got that yeah, i brought yeah, yeah. that home with me i had all the stuff Cute. like i yeah. was very obviously very into harry potter books and the series once it came mm-hmm. out like the movies but megan yeah. i think you are not as into harry potter is that right i am not i have okay. never read the books yeah. despite us owning the whole set uh Minera read all of them okay i've seen all the movies okay. and i think that might be because all the Harry Potter movies always drop in November. And right. there's like this, like, I'm not saying it's tied to my birthday at all, but I'm just yeah. like, you know, holidays start coming around. I have time off mm-hmm. usually around Thanksgiving slash mm-hmm. my birthday. And like as a family event, we would go to the movies. Literally, um, yeah. So that's probably when we would see it. And mm-hmm. then also weirdly, I feel like I've seen a lot of the Harry Potter movies in Malaysia oh. because we would like go on vacation back mm-hmm. in the day during this time. Okay. Um, and we would just go see movies in Malaysia. Same with Lord of the That's Rings. So cool. I think I've seen every Lord yes. of the Rings film in theaters in Malaysia. That is all cool. places. Anyways. Is it dubbed or is it just in English? It's in English and then they have subtitles below. And I Got think it. the subtitles are in Malay and mm-hmm. Mandarin. That is <laughs> dope because I, I have the same experience. You're, I totally mm-hmm. forgot that they came out every November. So every Thanksgiving, we would go yeah. watch the Harry Potter movie yeah. together as a family. And it was so fun. I had really good memories right? of that. Anyways, so yeah, I'm going to be talking about <laughs> Harry Potter today. And I'm going to, there's just so much. There's so much that I could have gone with this. So there's so many potions, plants, and poisons, of course, used throughout mm-hmm. Harry Potter. So I'm going to do a little bit of a side by side to see if. These are based on real compounds and kind of what they mean in the wizarding world and the muggle world, if you will. Yeah. And I will help you along. I th- you've watched the movies. These are mostly based off the movies because I think the movies are very closely related to the books. I, they okay. very rarely divert or deviate. Okay. So <clears throat> the first plant that we're going to be talking about is called Furbish Lousewort. And this mm. is a real plant that mm. exists in our world. But in the wizarding, wizarding world, Furbish Lousewort is used for its metamorphosis abilities. In mm. other words, the ability to change your appearance. So I'm going to okay. let people guess at what they think this might be used in Harry Potter. I'm going to give you two seconds, and then I'm going to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Can I get to okay, guess? Yeah, you get to guess. Okay. So um, this is what he uses to look like one of the professors. No, someone. No. What does he change? They're, when they go to rob the bank? <laughs> I oh, know. I, I know what you're talking about. No. Okay. Because <laughs> they use a wand for that. They're like to change, like to totally morph their faces. 
they yeah. they so there's two times that they change their appearance. They use Polyjuice potion. Oh, okay, That's yeah. What it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. So in the second movie book, they use Polyjuice potion to become Slytherins, right? Okay. And to like extract yes. information from Malfoy, and then they yeah. do use it again to rob the bank. Yes, yes you're right. Okay, you were right. This is different. <laughs> But, you know, that is exactly what I would think. This is a little mm-hmm. bit different. So metamorphosis, metamorphosis abilities, the ability to change your appearance. So the fibers of this plant are woven into the famous invisibility cloak. Oh. Yes. Oh. And wizards and witches. Yeah. So it literally allows you to change your appearance, to blend mm. into the background. <clears throat> Neat. So people will ingest. <laughs> I think it's really freaking cool. So you can ingest yeah. this plant. It doesn't have so it's woven into the visibility cloak, but you can also just eat it. So if you ingest mm-hmm. the plant, it will momentarily shield you from your enemy, so they won't be able to see you. There. Do, mm-hmm. do they? Sorry. No, please. I'm gonna ask. have so many questions. Yeah, please. This will be a pain to edit. But, <laughs> uh, so, so is there a moment in the book where someone actually eats it versus it just being used in the invisibility cloak? No, no, that's that's why I was really surprised. I was, I mean, I'll put all the sources; they'll be in the show notes. But a lot of it, I relied heavily on uh, Harry Potter fandom Wikipedia, which is I yeah. was very, very thorough in terms of yeah. the history and the lore, uh, with mm-hmm. dates and everything. I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so there was there was nothing that in the books in the canon where people have mm-hmm. eaten it, but historically, like there are other books that she wrote, like like based on like history books like you know all the textbooks that they use in school it's mm-hmm. like written in one of those like the other uses of this plant so that's where that information comes from yeah good okay, question okay. that's the- what i use for the game of thrones episode i yeah. just use the the fandom i'm like Yo, you guys did all the work <laughs> i know i was like i can't remember off the top of my head <laughs> yeah uh it's two medicinal uses in the muggle world are for heart failure lice mm. or scabies yeah. This plant is endangered and hard to find and is only found along the riverbanks between Maine and New Brunswick, Canada. Oh, so it's a very cold climate plant. It likes to hide. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that. Next, we have a potion. It's called Verita Serum or the Truth Serum. I don't know if you remember this being used at all in the show, in, in the movies. Why do you sing show? It's the movies. <laughs> I'm going to try to dig in my brain. For me, it's mostly like I like to see how good my memory is. Yeah, but no, I'll sure. give myself three more seconds. Do they use it on what's his? Well, what's his face? Uh, Gary Oldman? No, they don't. Okay. But you're kind Fine. of on the right <laughs> track. Ish. Okay. All my guesses are going to be wrong. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. So I'll mm. tell you. So I'll, I'll I'm going to first read a quote that's from the book slash movies. Okay. And maybe you can guess who said this. <laughs> now I'm just going to put you on the spot every single time. No, I love this it. Is, I love a guessing game. like a Harry Potter quiz. Everybody guess. Yeah. Everybody pop trivia with us. Harry yeah, Potter yeah. trivia. Okay. okay. So the quote is this. A truth potion so powerful that three drops would have you spilling your innermost secrets for the entire class to hear. Now, the use of this potion is controlled by very strict ministry guidelines. But unless you watch your step, you might just find that my hand slips right over your evening pumpkin juice and then potter then we'll find out whether you've been in my office or not okay so harry potter is the one that's getting the true serum in his body yes <laughs> okay i forget who is it the guy with the googly eye is it the guy <laughs> uh, mad i movie i i i think i'm insulting a lot of people that are listening right now <laughs> megan megan means no offense she's just trying 
in her best way possible to describe this human being that she does not know, remember the name of. <laughs> yes. Okay. Tell us. Tell us. This is Professor Snape. He is in his potions oh. class. I mean, he is the guy that would create. He knows how to make Veritas serum. It's a potion, right? So yeah. So yeah. Snape is telling Harry Potter, like, basically, shut your trap. Oh lord. <laughs> or I'll give you some. Uh, some Veritas. Yeah. Serum now that you say it, it's so use. obvious. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, yeah. god. Yes. 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 <laughs> And I'll explain. I'll explain the scenes that it's being used in. So, Veritas Serum was only used twice, I believe, in the book series slash movies. Once mm. on Cho Chang to force her mm. to reveal the whereabouts of Dumbledore's army, and that's this is in the fifth book and movie. Yeah. Uh, and the second time, it was given to Mad Eye Moody in the fourth book slash movie, or mm. ra- rather, Barty Crouch Jr., who was masquerading around as Mad Eye Moody under the Polyjuice Potion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that ring a bell? The Cho Chang part rings a bell. I remember okay. that. Yeah. yeah. So basically at the end of the fourth movie, uh, Mad-Eye Moody starts just like haranguing and harassing Harry Potter because he comes back from the graveyard and he's not dead, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mad-Eye yeah. Moody's like, oh, like, you know, how was it being in the presence of the Dark Lord in the graveyard? And Harry's like, I never said anything about the graveyard and it's like dude everything starts going oh. yeah and gave myself going crazy. yeah <laughs> starts gyrating yeah yeah <laughs> oh my god so funny okay so so snape in that s- scenario gives him verity and he says i'm not mad i'm moody i'm barty cross jr okay yeah okay but something i thought was interesting is there was i said i just said there's no deviation really but this is one deviation i don't remember uh the whole Cho Chang situation is just a film adaptation. Uh, okay. In the books, Professor Umbridge is the one that – well, Professor Umbridge is the one that gives a potion to Cho Chang anyways. But in the books, it, Professor Umbridge actually gives it to Harry. So she mm. gives it to Harry Potter, but it doesn't work on him because Professor Snape gives Umbridge a fake potion. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. Harry pretends – Way to go, Snape. I know. God is back. God is back. <laughs> Yeah, Harry pretends to drink it and then dumps it into her plants when she's not looking. And mm. she uses the entire bottle on him instead of the directed three drops. So later, when she wants to use it on him again, Pro- Professor Snape's like, "It, I can't give it to you because you used my entire stock of mm. serum on, hi- on Harry last time. And yeah. he kind of like taunts her. He's like, you only needed three drops anyway, so I don't know why you used a whole yeah, bottle. Yeah. <laughs> idiot. Like, literally, it's like, you're an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, in the Wizarding World, Veritas Serum is made from American Heart's Tongue Fern, which, again, mm. is a real plant. <clears throat> yeah. American Heart's Tongue Fern grows in heavily shaded and humid, humid forests like the Forbidden Forest. So... In the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, students will often try and forge Heart's Tongue in the Forbidden Forest to try to make their own truth serum. But this is, of course, forbidden. This I found very kind of hilarious and interesting. Veritas Serum is a controlled substance under the Ministry oh. of Magic. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that makes, I thought you were going to say in the real world. I was like, oh. no. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. I was like, I like that like uh, reflection. It is mirrored. FDA, DEA type yeah. policy. It's very cool. Yeah. It's very cool. And the reason why Snape says, I can't give it to you, like I can't, he's like, he basically tells her, if I give you Verita Serum, it's going to take a month to make it because you've yeah. already used my whole stock. Why is that? Because it takes a full lunar cycle to brew Verita Serum. Mm. So typically, illegal brew makers are often caught before the potion is even done. 
Ah, uh, okay. Now, uh, is Snape allowed to brew it, uh, like, in because he's like doing it as like an education, like in a in a school? <laughs> yeah. So I think yeah. I think they keep it. I think they definitely do. It's almost like I would think of Snape. He has like his whole apothecary. He's almost like the pharmacist. Yeah. So yeah. he's going to have all kinds like control substances. He's allowed to keep all this, but obviously it's under lock and key. And gotcha. there are certain situations where they will use it. Like Dumbledore will be like, I think we need to take this potion out or poison and mm-hmm. because it's dire circumstances. Gotcha, so he'll gotcha. have it kind of on hand. <clears throat> okay. So per Harry Potter canon, the fern is vulnerable to sunlight and the truth about the fern's properties were decided by the wizarding world to be kept hidden from muggles and protected. And the way that they protected the truth about this flora is by listing it as a threatened, as a threatened species under the endangered species act. Oh, wow. Man. So that's true. It is under yeah. the endangered species act, which I thought I was like, I like that like connection, but unfortunately that led us muggles to still find our own truth serum to use on other muggles as we know all the things you know i actually like i'm not going to go so in depth about this because i when i was doing the research i'm like this could be a whole episode because Mm -hmm. there have been at least eight different truth serums in history that we've used on people truth serum isn't a single drug it refers to Mm -hmm. various drugs that were used to try and extract the truth from an individual the first ever approved drug for spilling the beans was scopolamine in 1903 Mm -hmm. That might sound familiar to you because it is one of the alkaloids found in Jimson weed. And it's now used for severe nausea, uh, usually chemo-induced nausea, but not limited to that. Yeah. Scopolamine, according to Dr. Robert House, who discovered the drug, said it would cause the patient to fall into a, quote, twilight sleep, a mm. twilight sleep state that loosened the tongue and lowered mental barriers. Mm-hmm. The true serum I'm familiar with, and maybe I would say more people are familiar with too, are barbiturates like sodium amytal and sodium pentothal. Yeah. Both were heavily used during World War II initially to allow soldiers to experience a sense of calm when talking mm-hmm. about their trauma, their PTSD. But the effects were quickly transferred to be used on prisoners of war and so on to force them to tell the truth. Ultimately, truth-telling drugs have proven ineffective and illegal, and they are considered a form of torture under international law. The next one is a fun one. It's called Mm -hmm. amortentia. I don't know if you, from the word or the name, can you guess what it might be? Amortentia. I'm not very good with Latin Latin. roots. Yeah, no, no, totally cool. (laughs) It is the most powerful love potion in the world. Amor, amortentia. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. Tensha in Latin is to hold or to be held. Mm. Mm-hmm. It is distinctive for its mother of pearl sheen, which I found really beautiful. There was actually a mm-hmm. picture on the wiki fandom. And mm-hmm. steam will rise from the potion in spirals. Amortensia smells different to each person according to what attracts them. And this is a quote from Hermione. To Hermione, this is just for fun. Hermione, mm-hmm. she, when she smells Amortensia, it smells like freshly mown grass, new parchment, oh. And spearmint, and there's another thing that she tried. She almost says in the in the films, but she stops short. And J.K. Rowling confirmed that the fourth thing she was going to say was Ron's hair. I was, <laughs> I was definitely going to say Ron something, but I was going to get hella raunchy. <laughs> um, but I will not say it. But yes, I was oh like, it's, it's going to smell like Ron. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's that is for sure. That's for sure. And then for Harry Potter, it smells like treacle tart, which I've never had. Uh, I know what that is? I, yeah, treacle. I've never had treacle. 
Mm-hmm. The woody scent of a broomstick handle and something flowery that he thought he might have smelled at the burrow, which he okay. later realizes was the smell of Ginny Weasley. Yeah. Oh, okay. Cute, cute. I <laughs> definitely snorted at the the woody scent of a broomstick handle um, only because I'm like, I I get it. Like, whatever. It's not that deep. But I'm like, yeah. At least make it like the woody scent of a of a pine, you know, like something yeah, a little yeah, yeah. more like cerebral than very right. like object specific. I liked yeah, yeah. I liked Hermione's more because I'm like she's a thoughtful person. Fresh like the the sense that you smell indicate your personality ultimately mm-hmm. and what you're attracted to. So I'm totally. like she's she's someone who's grounded. She likes yeah. she's an earthy girl. She's thoughtful and serious, but like yeah. not. Not uh, pretentious. That's what I feel like her smells were. And then mm-hmm. Harry's over here, like, uh, just like an idiot <laughs> with his smells. He, he is a quirky boy. Exactly. I was like, his smells are just adventure yeah. smells, you know? <laughs> right, right. Just very it, like Labrador or a golden retriever. That's that's what I'm getting. It's it's not that they're basic smells, but they're just so hyper specific that I'm yeah. like, you clearly like what you like. <laughs> yeah, um, we like a man who knows what he likes in that way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Megan, do you know what your smells would be? Hmm. Hot sewage. <laughs> Only because oh. it reminds me of Malaysia, like street sewage. <laughs> that's uh, no shade to Malaysia. Well, it's you know the, what? You know. I think I think. I think what we're trying to get to is, which we both probably have similar nostalgic smells to, is yeah. uh, the smell of rain. Yes, I that also came to rain, my head. Yeah, but specifically like in a tropical setting. Yes, During that that is season. definitely. Before I joked about the hot sewage, I immediately was like the smell of rain on pavement. Yes. but I also didn't want to be basic. But it's a great smell. I love that it smell. Is. Especially in smell. the more humid climate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Feels very like very much like home. Exactly. Yeah. Love it. Love Anyways. It. Okay. <laughs> Keeping that in mind. <laughs> For my love potion to you. <laughs> yeah. That would be so cute. I'm sure there's an Etsy service out there that like will create your own oh my emertentia. I'm that's sure. A, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, and if not, that's our next merch. <laughs> <laughs> So continuing on. So Emertensha, this love potion, was used in the books slash movies in a box of chocolates addressed to Harry from Romilda Vane, uh, Mm. just some rando person that was falling head over heels with Harry because he was considered to be the chosen one. This is during the sixth book and sixth movie. Is she – She's so this happened in the book too. This is in both books. Okay. Yep. Uh, But so Harry's like out and about doing his chosen one stuff. He comes back to the common room and Ron ends up eating the entire box of chocolates instead. And he's love, he's literally lovesick. So love potions do exist in our world. I'll come back to like the Harry Potter stuff. Mm -hmm. So love potions do exist in our world. It's probably one of the most historically famous potions that people have been trying to make for centuries to no avail. Right. And one of them we've already talked about, which is Spanish fly, which is definitely not a love potion, which we've no. talked about. We covered in a previous <laughs> podcast episode. If you, so if you're mm-hmm. interested, you can go listen to that. Mm-hmm. Lizard necks. Lizard necks. Uh, Native Americans use lizard tails for love potions and lizard necks were used in Nigeria. Flowers have been long associated with love 
and in ancient India, Datura, aka Jimson weed. So we're having yep. a theme here. Back again. Datura, yeah. aka Jimson weed, was used in potions because it was thought to be a powerful aphrodisiac as well as a hallucinogen, mm-hmm. which, yes, it is. I don't know so much yeah. about the. No, no, aphrodisiac too. It is. Jimson weed. Okay. I'm going to edit this because literally Jimson weed was my own episode. Yeah. But yeah. that's what they also used in flying oil. That's what I was thinking. Right? I'm like, yeah. it has to be because it was like, uh, it was like essential pleasure for them. Right, right. So there is there is a part of Jimson weed that creates some sort, yeah, some sort of pleasure, or it like topically, like it mm-hmm. it probably makes you tingly. Yeah, I <laughs> think know? so. Yeah. So it was used for both situations. So in ancient okay. India, that's the love potion that they used. Okay. In ancient Greece, an orchid known as satyrian was picked so much because of its reported magical properties of love that it went mm. extinct. Or so wow. <laughs> Wow, that I love hearing stuff like that because I'm like, what if it actually had some magical yeah. abilities or not magical, like science, like biologically, it Im- impacted us in a way where we felt more trusting and mm-hmm. enamored with somebody. Correct. General knowledge tells us that Greek were bangers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ancient yes. Christians love to, to fornicate yeah. based on their art and erotica. Right. Um, so maybe it was all the flower doing that. And then once yeah. they lost the flower, um, things changed. And Yeah, they just went back to old duds <laughs> like us. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I, just thinking about plants that have gone extinct and were supposed to have magical properties. There's mm. in Hindu in Hinduism in our religious texts, there is a plant that grew that grows or grew, I mm-hmm. guess, because it doesn't exist anymore, on the Himalayan mountains. That uh, basically one of our avatars or gods goddesses went over to grab, and it's supposed to have like all healing properties. But that plant doesn't exist anymore. So there's no. Mm. There's no um, evidence to say that it wasn't a healing property. You know what I mean? Like there's yeah, no evidence yeah, yeah. to say yes or no. So yeah. I'm like, I'm very, very curious about this stuff. I'm like, there is a total possibility. It's not out of the realm possibility whatsoever that there was a time where these yeah. things, these types of plants existed that did have properties that were considered magical and right. they were just overpicked that they don't exist anymore. Yeah. We, um, the, the whatever they were worked so well that we depleted the resources completely. Yeah. yeah. So in my to me, I'm like that. That's a testament to that. Part of me is like, I bet it's true. Like I bet yeah. they really did have that effect. Like it was, it's a real thing, and that's completely. why we just abused it. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. So we can't enjoy it anymore. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's for the better. Right. <laughs> so going back to the Harry Potter uh, situation. So speaking of Ron being lovesick from Emertensia, he literally gets sick, as I said, and he starts seizing, foaming at the mouth. So Harry rushes him to Professor Horace Slughorn. Again, this is the sixth mm-hmm. book, sixth movie. He is the potions master professor at this time. Mm-hmm. So he is supposed to be all knowledgeable about potions. So that's why Harry takes him to him. He's like, do you have an antidote essentially? And mm-hmm. Horace Slughorn is kind of just like, I don't know if you remember him from the films. He's just kind of like this bumbling old man. Uh, and he's mm-hmm. just like, kind of like, Oh, I don't know what to do. So okay. Harry kind of springs into action and he quickly th- thinks quickly on his feet and he gives Ron a bazaar. What's that? Bazaars are an actual thing. Okay. It's technically, it's kind of gross. It's technically a mass in your GI system that hardens, like calcifies pretty much, mm-hmm. almost like a kidney stone, but it yeah. usually is in your gallstone. Okay. Um, the word bazaar comes from the Persian word pazar, which mm-hmm. literally means antidote. Oh. 
So Bazor was known as an antidote for all poisons, which is exactly what it's known for in the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in this mm. context. It is a universal antidote and was believed as such from the 11th century all the way to the 18th century. This is fun. It's really interesting. It's really interesting. And it comes from humans. Like it's a human made I mean, it can happen to any animal. So typically, like, it wouldn't be like you wouldn't give a bazaar from a human. It okay. happens more often in animals like goats or cows or just like cattle, because like, gotcha. I think something about like all of the grass that they or like the foods that they consume, um, yeah. it, they are they're more prone to having bazaars. Yeah. So it would come from like an animal typically. Okay. That's what I was I, – I, so, yeah. I was like, I recognize probably all animals, all mammals at least, mm -hmm. get this. But I was mm -hmm. like, is it specifically from people? Like, we eat our no. own ones? No, 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 no. That'd be crazy. I'm sure you could, but that's kind of yeah. nasty. I think in desperate, desperate times, call for desperate measures. I mean, it's also nasty to take it from an animal, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. It's all the but, same. Okay, and, and a final question is, mm -hmm. how do they – occur like like would i have one in my body right away or do i have to have like is it like a kidney stone that mm -hmm. it only appears every once in a while under very certain circumstances yes to the latter okay. and okay. it happens over time like it's a buildup yeah. basically right gotcha. and usually gotcha. because it happens in your gallbladder it's technically a buildup of bile that hardens mm -hmm. uh and is an like maybe because due to a blocked duct or something so it has nowhere to go so it just like yeah. hardens and calcifies and then it does cause pain and you have to remove it surgically oh, okay yeah for for humans and animals alike it's not the same thing as a gallstone. Sorry, it can't. I'm it can't pass. It's it's yeah. actually quite big. Like I would say, mm. like usually it's like like a golf ball Lord. size. Yeah, it's quite big. That's why it has to be surgically removed. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. It can't pass through your your urethras. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, your Can you imagine? urethra would literally explode. Ooh, yeah. yeah. So this is a thing. It's bizarre sort of thing. It's not just a Harry Potter canon thing. And this mm. is fun because there's a modern study that was done of bizarre properties done by Gustav Arrhenius and Andrew Benson at the Scripps Institution of Oceanography. Oh, Shout hey, out hey. to San Diego and Scripps. SD living. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They immerse bazaars in an arsenic lace solution and hmm. the bazaar removed the poison. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's a real thing. Does I, I don't job. know if it's like an antidote for all poison. I can't say that, but they chose arsenic and it did remove the arsenic and when you say remove it absorbs it yes or, so, so i'll uh, i'll talk about that so okay there's also two... how do you spell bazaar for those of us oh, who yeah. want to look it up it is b-e-z-o-a-r so as megan was looking that up i'll describe like how it actually removed the poison so there's two uh i would say compounds or alkaloids in ars arsenic is arsenate and arsenite arsenate was removed by being exchanged for phosphate in brushite, which is found in stone. So this is technically like a stone. It's a calcified stone, right? So it, mm -hmm. it basically uh, gets switched places and is, is absorbed. And then okay. while arsenite is bound to sulfur compounds, like it attaches to sulfur comp compounds in the protein of degraded hair, which is a key component in bazaars. I think the best way that I would describe it is it's a chelator. Like the bazaar is a chelator. We've talked about chelators before on the podcast where it basically will bind to the poison and extract it out of the system. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well, a few things that I think were fun out of this. Um, there is a famous case in the common law of England, Chandler versus Lopez. Uh, and this was mm -hmm. in 1603. And they announced the rule of caveat emptor 
which is basically buyer's remorse. Let the buyer okay. beware. Hmm. This is the first time this is happening. And it basically stated, if the goods they purchase are not, in fact, genuine and effective, the case in this case concerned a purchaser who sued for the return of the purchase price of an allegedly fraudulent bazaar. So he basically mm. wanted his money back. But there was like no law at that time of returning things. So the this rule <laughs> was basically instated from the bazaar. For this reason. That's okay. Isn't that crazy? I love that. Buyer uh, beware. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love that because I'm someone who with retains knowledge and like trivia facts like that if it's tied to something kooky like a bazaar. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm I laughed because I was like, what did the the guy just give him pretty much like a cat hairball? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like for real. Or he just gave it's him a stone working. from his river. Just yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> Swallow this. Here's his rock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's another thing I'm, I need to do more research. And again, we'll do a whole episode, guys. But how did they use it? Like, I think they have to swallow it because in Harry Potter, hmm. in the movie, Harry Potter basically takes the bazaar and it's like this massive mass of a, it looks like yeah. a rock, like a big stone. Yeah. And he just shoves it in Ron's mouth. That's <laughs> yeah. all it was. Like, he just shoves yeah. it in his mouth. It doesn't even fit in his mouth. He just shoves it in his mouth. And then he kind of slowly comes to his senses again. Huh. I, I feel think like we should watch that. We should watch that scene we together. Should. Yeah. Like, it's just interesting. Yeah. Everything that you said, I would assume that you would swallow it so that yeah. it sits in your stomach and can absorb whatever's been percolating inside you. Yeah. Right, right. Because I don't – I mean, technically, I wouldn't say that this was very accurate because obviously if he's eating this, he's already ingested it. It's in his stomach now. It's not in his mouth. Like, right. I, you wouldn't be able to extract right. all the, the potion yeah. from his mouth. That's yeah. not why I think, but, yeah. you know. I'm not going to okay. <laughs> come swords with J.K. Rowling on this. Okay. Right. <laughs> and, and the last thing I'll say, which I thought was also fun, uh, there was a 2013 review of three databases identified in 24 publications that presented 46 patients who were treated with cola, like Coca-Cola, for mm. bazaars. Um, they were given Coke in Coca-Cola <laughs> in certain doses of 500 milliliters. Uh, orally or by gastric lavage. A total of 91.3% of patients had complete resolution after treatment with Coca-Cola. So huh. 50% after a single treatment, while others required uh, the Coca-Cola plus endoscopic removal. Uh, but the assumption is that it basically broke it down a little more into like a smaller piece that it was easily yeah. more easily extracted. Uh, yeah. I was like, that's really <laughs> cool. So Coca-Cola will get rid of your bazaars. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, but also it's it's almost like not a surprise because remember in the mid 2000s yeah. when YouTube was established mm -hmm. of people being like watch this can of Coca-Cola disintegrate this penny or yeah. like this is yeah. what it looks like if you drink soda every day uh, to your teeth. Like all these things dude. about Coca-Cola being something that will pretty much just destroy anything over time that so that right. kind of makes sense <laughs> that, that it would right. destroy a bazaar in your stomach <laughs> we still love our coca-cola i know i still yeah girl i now i just want them to run that study with coke zero because that's all i drink right. what i'm what i'm still unsure of is in those demonstrations are they saying it's the carbonation are they or are they saying it's the sugar i never got that straight i like i don't i don't know i love the burn <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I, I, I would assume it's actually the carbonation because hmm. essentially it's not a stone, right? It's not like a literal stone. It is right. made out of stuff that's in your body. Yeah. It, and if it can be created, it can be undone. 
by something. Yeah. So right. I feel like the carbonation, there is like my dad would know it's basically like some kind of chemical reaction that anything with carbonation, if it comes into contact with certain things, like I'm thinking mm. calcium in particular, I think it does like undo the bonds or something like that. So, mm. so fascinating. Yeah. Before we get into the rest of the episode, if you've been enjoying our content so far, please go rate and review us wherever you might be listening from or don't. Just keep on hanging with us. All right. On to the rest of the episode. Okay. So the next is the Sorcerer's Stone or the Philosopher's Stone. So this is more getting into not really like potions, but it's sort of, it's kind of, it's like alchemy. Anyways, so this is a semi-true story, surprisingly. I don't know if you know this. This The Philosopher's Stone is like a real thing. I did know this. Okay. So okay. In, in Harry Potter, there's a part, because this is, this is the first movie, first book, The Sorcerer's Stone, mm-hmm. or in other parts of the world, it's called The Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. So in the first movie slash book, there is a scene where Hermione is in the library with Ron and Harry, and they are basically reading about The Sorcerer's Stone. And she mm-hmm. reads, uh, her one of her lines is basically like, oh, The Sorcerer's Stone, created by Nicholas Flamel. I don't mm. know if you, that name sounds familiar to you. It's probably been a while since you've watched mm. that movie, but within the con this context, it does sound familiar. But okay. if you were to say it outside of any conversation about Harry Potter, I'd be like, "Who the hell is that?" <laughs> correct, correct. Yeah. So I always knew, like, I've heard of the Philosopher's Stone, Sorcerer's Stone, mm-hmm. in like the sense of mythology and things like yeah. that. Like, it does exist in like the Muggle world, let's say. Right. But right. what I didn't know is that. Nicholas Flamel, I thought that was just a made-up person in, mm. for the movies and the books, but it's yeah. a real person. But Nicholas Flamel lived in the 14th century and was a French scribe and manuscript seller. Interestingly, it was only after he died that he gained a reputation as an alchemist and was credited as the creator of the Sorcerer's Stone. These famous accounts of Flamel's life started popping up in the 17th century, which stated that Flamel succeeded in creating the stone that turned metals into gold, and that he and his wife, Paranel, achieved immortality by creating the elixir of life. According to the stories written about him in the 17th century, Flamel made it his life's work to understand this mysterious 21-page book that he had bought in Spain in 1357 that was written in Hebrew. Hmm. And on the way back from getting this book in Spain, he has said he said he met a sage who recognized the book as a copy of the original, pardon my pronunciation, of the original book of Abramelin. How do you spell it? Uh, A B R A M E L I N. Abramelin, the mage. It's almost like Abraham, but it's not. So the. The original book of Abramelin the Mage. And over the next few years, Nicholas and his wife decode the book and replicate the recipe for the Philosopher's Stone or Sorcerer's Stone in 1382. Mm. And I like to say, take this with the greatest. I'm a believer. I love to believe in the mysticism (laughs) of it all. But the validity of this story was first questioned in 1761 by a person named Etienne Villon. Mm. I say that in the French way, but if you read it, his last name is literally villain <laughs> so i'm like Love hey it. take it with a grain of salt yeah, yeah he's just being the villain the story mm-hmm. <laughs> is that where that comes from is that where no is that where the word villain comes from no i don't know i don't think so i mean i could okay. be wrong i have no i'll idea. do a little google search as you continue talking no that was it that was it that oh. was my but i thought yeah. that was i did vaguely remember i remember reading it recently like i want to say in the last year about this fun fact that nicholas flamel is not just a creation of J.K. Rowling's mind. He was a real person attached to the Sorcerer's Stone. So I had made a mental note about it 
to talk about on the podcast at some point, and then it just ended mm-hmm. up coming back again through this story. But gotcha. I thought that part was the most fascinating to me. Yeah. Do we know where that book is today? From what I read, uh, this was also a copy of the book. It's not even like he had the original. So mm-hmm. he, the story, as the story goes, as I said, the sage sees the book. It's like, oh, you have this is this this is that book. And yeah. I believe uh, there are records of Nicholas Flamel learning Hebrew t- in order mm. to decode this book. Um, and what, but I don't know what the contents of the book are. Like, does it actually give you the recipe for the Sorcerer's Stone? But there were people that said that he did manage to turn um, some r- random metal, like a base metal, into silver. And then mm. from there, he was able to turn it to gold. But again, it it could be fool's gold because I remember making right. fool's gold in my chemistry class, you know? Yeah. So yeah. maybe it is true in the sense that people physically saw, I was like, oh, it's gold, but it's not right, actually right. gold, you know? Yeah. That's actually really cool. Like there's real, like if if it's real, mm-hmm. I can see that possibility of like, he just figured out how to do some chemistry, yeah. right? Yeah. And maybe he didn't even know what if it was real gold or fool's gold. Yeah. And if it was fool's gold, then maybe he was just like a grifter who just had good like chemistry knowledge, which yeah. I love that sort of explanation. Exactly. So. And I wouldn't view it as him being um, fraudulent, I guess, because in, in the 14th century, I, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure there was no way for a person to know definitively if it was fool's gold versus gold. Like mm. only now, or like, only like in I would say modern times we have the ability to actually look at its properties to see that it's oh this is actually like golden versus something right. else right right so he right. he very much could have been like oh yeah I did it it works yeah right yeah an alchemy mm-hmm. an alchemist is a chemist that's just yeah. the old word for a chemist so yeah we'll have to go dig deeper into that my um connection to the philosopher's stone or sorcerer's mm, stone yeah i read a lot of um actually i read slash watched the whole thing but there's a manga series called full metal alchemist and that plays mm-hmm. a huge role in it too okay um so that's what i think of i actually don't ah. think of harry potter i think of full metal alchemist because that is very cool a big yeah it's part of the plot so actually i think i was was reading that from the Wikipedia page, I was just curious, like where mm-hmm. it pops up in history, and it yeah. has been referenced so many times over, and not just like in modern, like, but in that time, in the 17th century, 18th century, like it was mentioned mm-hmm. in The Hunchback of Notre Dame, like mm-hmm. a lot of very famous books and novels yeah. or treatises at that time. So that makes yeah. me, that gives me some idea that there's potentially more to the story than we're seeing, right? At least right. what I'm seeing. Again, I did a very cursory research, so I'm sure there's a lot more information if we were to dig. Yeah. Okay. And the very last thing before we close out, Mandrake Root. Uh, Mm. Mandrakes were featured in Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. They learn about Mandrakes in their Herbology class. But more importantly, Mandrake Roots are used as an antidote to reverse petrification of the people who Mm. were petrified by the Basilisk in Mm -hmm. the Chamber of Secrets. Mandrake Roots are real. It has a very big presence in our history that I had no Mm. idea about. Like I had a sort of inkling that Mandrake Roots were we're in the muggle world and mm-hmm. but i just never did the research to look into mm-hmm. it so uh going all the way to the bibles the in the bible's book of genesis mandrake root helps rachel conceive jacob i don't know anything about the bible so uh, th- this is for people who understand <laughs> <laughs> mandrake root helps rachel conceive jacob and in greek mythology source and aphrodite are thought to use mandrake root as an af- aphrodisiac mm-hmm. and if anyone's going to know what's an aphrodisiac it's going to be aphrodite I mean, yes. <laughs> Interesting. So it helps with birth and it's thought to help with uh, not lust, but like getting the juices flowing. I wonder yeah. if it's actually just a relaxant, you know? Perchance. 
Yeah. Uh, you'll be surprised. I'm tell I told you there's a theme in this episode. So okay. Uh mandrakes are part of the nightshade family. So they uh, too also have a hallucinogenic and even narcotic properties. They're part of the yeah. Solanaceae family, actually. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And a first century Greek physician. Dioscurides writes Mm. that boiled mandrake root with wine was used as an anesthetic in ancient Rome. Mm. So maybe you're right. Like it kind of just like maybe relaxes you, but also boggles the mind a little bit momentarily. Yeah. Mandrake roots do look like people. So if you'll recall from Harry Potter, they looked like little babies or little humans. Yeah. (laughs) And I think one of them actually like like cries like a baby, right? Yeah, they all do. So so yeah, Yeah. I'll get to that. Mandrake roots do look like people, especially babies. So people would (laughs) place a mandrake root under their pillow to help them conceive. Ah, that happens in Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, okay. Do you? I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I there's did, a. But I don't the, remember. Yeah, the mother. I don't think she's trying to conceive. I think she's just hoping to have like she's already pregnant, so she mm. was trying to have like a healthy baby, a healthy okay. birth. Yeah, and I think someone puts the mandrake root in a glass of milk underneath mm. her bed without okay. her knowing. I think the daughter does that, but then somebody finds it. They're like, "What the hell is this?" And they like right. kill it. Throw it. <gasps> I think it immediately results in her, the, the mother, having like a hard birth or something hard like that. Hard labor or pregnancy. Yeah. I think it's also for conce- to conceive, but also for a healthy, safe pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. In general, though, mandrake roots were used as a cure-all for all ailments because it resembled a human body. So people believed it would heal the entire body. Mm-hmm. So all over Europe, men and women sought out mandrake roots to resolve all of their issues, so much so that people were starting to pick up that this is a valuable item. So Mm -hmm. uh, merchants would start selling Byrony root as a counterfeit version. They they would just like carve it out of like roots and be like, oh, here's your mandrake. Right. So that was like you you had to be aware of deception of Mm -hmm. mandrake root at that time. Yeah, yeah. A key feature of mandrakes, which is also part of Harry Potter that Megan, you alluded to, is that they produce an ear-piercing scream when uprooted, Hmm. killing anyone who hears it. So I always thought this was a legend created in the world of Harry Potter, but apparently this is a real legend in the muggle world too. Hmm. Per the stories, the only way to safely uproot a mandrake is to, this is the whole thing, is to plug one's ears with wax and tie a rope between a mandrake root and a dog's tail. Back away from the root and throw the dog a treat, and the dog will oh. lunge for it. The mandrake root will be uprooted by the dog, dog's sudden leap, and its shrieks will kill the hungry dog. Oh my god! <laughs> so you're trying to kill the dog too? It's like two for one. Yeah, Get the it's root terrible. And kill a dog. Like what why the not hell? Plug the dog's ears with wax too. Yeah, like the dog is just like a disposable tool to you. Yeah, I don't know. Like okay, like it's terrible. It's terrible. Maybe back in the. <laughs> 13th century or whatever sure <laughs> dogs might have been a threat to like because they're in rabies like, yeah there there's there's disease there's they're probably not as domesticated yet they're yeah. they're scavengers essentially they're i'm feral. sure on some level dogs and cats fell into the same bracket as rats and rodents mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. like a uh, mangy mutt you know like yeah. oh gross <laughs> so i can understand the logic but yeah. to us now, I'm like, that's whack. <laughs> that is whack. It's like they just got enough wax. They gathered enough wax just for one human ears, but right. not for the dogs. No. Uh, 
So this article that I pulled it from was from All That's Interesting, and they write that witches mostly use magic roots in concoctions and potions to heal, not harm. Mm. Mm -hmm. And quote, when you concoct a brew for healing, you have to know at what level it becomes toxic, she says. Any pharmacist has to have the same knowledge. A drug has to be effective enough to heal, but not potent enough to harm, which I Mm. thought was interesting. I was like, I've never seen a pharmacist... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> be uh, <laughs> like described as like a witch or an analogy yeah, to a witch, yeah. which is yeah. cool. I am a witch. I am a witch. Yeah. And I mean, I feel like I feel like there's a blend. I feel like there's a blend. Witches, witches can be alchemists. Yeah, sorcerers are alchemists. All that stuff. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And mm. basically, what uh, this whole story, like this, obviously is made up. The whole thing mm. about magic roots screaming and then you dying once you hear it. This was all a story concocted and created by. Witcher, witches and wizards or sorcerers as they would call it mm. back in the day because it was very valuable to them and they didn't mm. want it became so popular it became very popular it became mainstream like magic groups became yeah. very man- mainstream the common folk would start using it but not know like its actual properties like, they wouldn't know how to actually use it properly right. per traditions and, and actually make these types of potions that were very valuable to the witcher witches right. and wizards so probably probably using it based on very general knowledge or anecdotes that they heard of like, oh, like this will give me a good pregnancy. So I'm just going to take it and eat it. Exactly. Like it would be kind of a waste. It was falling on deaf ears when these people didn't understand the ancient or ancestral practices and traditions that were how to use it. So the witches and sorcerers were, they made up the story essentially to scare people off the common folk from using it or trying to grab it and pull it up. Yeah. Now, where was the Grecian witches telling them not to pluck that orchid? <laughs> I know. I know. It's too yeah. – see, here's the thing. It's too beautiful. It's too beautiful yeah. to – people don't care. Like, I feel like mandragoras, they're not the most gorgeous looking. People are like, yeah. okay, fine. I can do without. But a beautiful right. orchid? I'll Everyone falls victim. Yeah. Everyone falls victim to it. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a love potion. It's probably already emanating. Like, you want to come near it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, so and then in the the late medieval era, Christianity became popular, and they denounced practices of making potions out of plants, etc. So use of magic root out in the open quickly faded, and mm. people had to like kind of do it under the cover of darkness. And that's it. That's all I have. Th- that's all I have for you guys today. I did write down because at one point I was writing down all of the potions, and mm. there, some of them are just hilarious. I, there are some notable ones that I didn't talk about. Was Felix Felicis, which is the lucky potion that Harry mm. takes in the sixth movie. Everything just works out for him. Like, you know, <laughs> this that's is the great. whole point. That's the whole point. Yeah. Like, th- the person who takes that potion, literally all the doors open for that individual. And it's just like you're manifesting like a hardcore motherfucker. <laughs> like, like it's crazy. So yeah. he is that based that. on a real thing? Is there I tried a real to plant? look into it and, and I did want to like dive deeper, but it seems like mostly made up. Like there's mm-hmm. there was like it has an Ashwinder egg, which is the egg of like a serpent slash dragon. So it's mostly like fantastical okay. yeah, uh, yeah. ingredients. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then Polyjuice Potion I wanted to talk about too, but again, more like fantastical elements to that. Nothing like really in real life. Yeah. Um, the one thing I didn't get to talk about that maybe would be interesting is Scarab Beetle is, was used mm. in Skelligro, which is like what Madame Pomfrey, the nurse, essentially uses on Harry to regrow his bones when he mm. – has bone damage basically. yeah he had in that the second movie, little noodly like yeah <laughs> plasticky arm exactly yeah. so i'm curious if there was any like real uh, things of the scarab beetle actually has like properties hmm. of that in real life but i did not get to look into that um okay. 
one last thing that I thought was just, I, it just made me laugh. When I was reading the Harry Potter fandom and it was going through all the potions, um, one of them was, there's so many ridiculous ones, so many ridiculous <laughs> ones. But this one, I was like, this was a potion for maximum turbo farts. <laughs> what? I was like, who, why? why? Why would you need a potion for maximum turbo farts? <laughs> Like I'm already like I, maximum and turbo. Like that's right. intense. <laughs> intense. And the fact that she really this came from her. This came from JK Rowling. That's yeah. That's maximum crazy. turbo farts potion. Love it. Love it. So silly. I wouldn't wish it on your worst enemy. No. <laughs> I think I mean I, think, I yeah. feel like it'd feel really good. <laughs> Very releasing. Yeah, I'd be like, oh, don't stop. I think that's like what Dave has put in my drink every single day since we've moved in together. <laughs> and now he's just – he's trying to gaslight me because he always talks yeah. like, you got a GI issue, girl. <laughs> wow. TMI, sorry. It's so silly. <clears throat> it's so funny. Yeah. It, it's If you guys want like a laugh at the end of the day, I highly suggest going to the Harry Potter wiki fandom and seeing all the potions that they have because it's really yeah. funny. Is Maximum Turbo Farts, do you even remember that in the book? No, that's all just, I just, I stopped, my eyes just stopped on the page and I just started laughing. I was like, (laughs) what in the world am I reading right now? I wonder if it just comes from like a supplemental part. Like it's, it's, it's kind of like the Fantastic Beasts book. Maybe there's just like, this is a potion books and something that we can sell along with the series. Yeah. Um, The only thing I can think of if it was ever mentioned in the books and movies is it may have been part of Fred and Georgia's joke shop. Like they, uh, they open okay. up their Zonko's joke shop. Is it Zonko's? Right. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. they have all kinds of things. Like ha- they have like sneezing powder, itch- itching powder, like all yeah. kinds of like just silly stuff yeah. that they sell in their shop. So it may be from that, but I don't recall. That would that would make sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just silly <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, uh, that's it. Hope you loved it. Yay. Oh, should should we close out? Oh, no, no. I mean, we'll we'll close out with it. We'll close out with it. Okay. All righty. Okay. So my antidote is um, I had a really great weekend catching up with some old friends, already starting some Halloween parties. Um, One of my friends threw such a wonderful and wholesome Halloween party that I just it it was one of those evenings where I left with like the best warmest feeling Mm -hmm. and is it wasn't like a Halloween party where I felt like people were forcing themselves to act a certain way or anything like yeah the vibe that I got from it was like everyone was their authentic self and everyone Mm -hmm. was comfortable and that's when you know a Love party that. is good, like yes, and even yes. some one of our uh, one of the friends in there, she was sitting on the couch. She's like, guys, the vibe is immaculate. Tonight. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like something yeah. something was going on. Like it was it was a very well done. So that was fun. And then my uh, my second part of my antidote is um, I am replaying The Last of Us because they've officially <sighs> dropped the yes. trailer for The Last of Us. I think it was maybe what an episode or two. House of the Dragon episodes ago, it yeah. finally the trailer finally released on HBO. Yeah, um, and I'm ready for some Pedro Pascal, dude. <laughs> but I was like, I need to replay the game, um, girl, just girl. so I am prepped and ready for the series. I could. That's my antidote. I'm I love that. It. I love <laughs> all of that. It's so fun. I'm so happy you got to have a good Halloween party experience. Mm-hmm. It's always fun when you have like multiple parties and not just like right at the end of the Halloween. I'm like, Halloween yeah. is meant to be separated all month long. 
Yes. October is Halloween. October is, as we said in our Halloween. last episode. Exactly. And as yeah. far as The Last of Us, my brother tried every which way to Sunday to get me to play that game and I would mm. not because it scared the shit out of me. Yeah. So I commend you for playing that again. But you're <laughs> you're the one who introduced it to me. I'm like, sure I did. <laughs> I'm pretty I maybe it was like I, I remember you introduced Uncharted to me, and then you mm-hmm. introduced The Last of Us to me. Because it's like the or same creators. Yeah, it's the same Naughty Dog is the production company. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I yeah. think I did tell you because I remember I did like watch my brother play it, and it was mm-hmm. the story's I know is fantastic. Yeah. So I'm not surprised yeah. at all that they were turning it to like a series. Uh, mm-hmm. But. I had to dip out very quickly as soon as like the freaking zombies. They're like the very scary <laughs> the clickers. Zombies. The clickers. Yeah. Like all the way like whenever they had to go like the No <laughs> fuck no. Like all whenever they had to go like in the very bottom of like a building and like yeah. search around and it's all yeah. dark. I'm like, who the fuck wants to play this? This is terrible. Yeah. But no, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. But anyways, my antidote is uh, it's a future antidote. I am excited to have Dave back home. He has been gone yes. for a month in mm-hmm. Malaysia for work. Just mm-hmm. yeah, gone for a month in Malaysia, uh, and he's been having a great time. Happy for him. Um, but I'm excited to have him home. And that's that's, that's it. so nice. Yeah, I'm excited <laughs> yeah. that he's coming. I'm excited for you that he's returning. Yeah. Um, just in time yeah. for the Halloween season. I think he purposely planned the trip that way because he knew like i would have his head if he was not around for halloween for halloween yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, you need him as your familiar (laughs) i yes he has a duty he's a role i told him the all like the plans of fun i was like i'm I'm gonna because every year i dress him up he just shows up and i put him like in a makeup chair and i just do the whole thing for him he just does what i say and i was like this is our plan he's like sounds great (laughs) he's like i'll be there you guys always look good like you do a couple costumes very well so it's fun it's very fun yeah. I'm excited. It'll be, and then we get to see Megan as well. So mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. Uh, and I'll take us on out. Don't risk it. I'm going to take my, get the music ready. Don't okay. risk it for that. Mm, there's too many things in here for that. Uh, oh, don't risk it for that dog tail mandrake root wax eared biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, y'all. We don't have the rights. <laughs> we don't have the rights. Yeah, turn that shit off. <laughs> I want. I okay, should okay. have found the dubstep version. That was my mistake. Okay, continue. Well, let's see. <laughs> I think it's this. Yeah. Wait. I this think is it's giving this. more lo-fi. No, this is not it. Okay. Oh. This is kind of good. I would get down to this at a Halloween rave. Dude, yeah. Yeah. Bye, boys and girls. <laughs> 